0: The Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast is made possible in part by a generous gift from Set Apart to Serve, the church work recruitment initiative of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Many church workers always knew they wanted to serve in Christ's church, but many pastors, teachers, and other full-time church workers left careers to pursue this life of service. If you or a friend have been praying and thinking about a second career as a church worker, the Set Apart to Serve team wants to help. Visit kfuo.org slash sas to learn more. Listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. And I'm Rachel. Guys, I'm super stoked. One of my friends is joining us today. It's also a guy, which does not happen. I know this is a big deal when we have when we have a man on the podcast, but for good reason, because it is our book club wrap-up episode today. Rachel, I won't steal your thunder.
1: Tell us what we're doing today, Rachel. You're so sweet to me to not steal my thunder. We are talking about. Flame's new book from Concordia Publishing House, Extranos, Discovering Grace Outside Myself. Now, we, of course, read tons of books in our Lutheran Ladies Book Club, and they are all over everywhere. But every October, when we hit that Reformation season, I like to do something that is really good and Lutheran. And this one was really good and really Lutheran. Mm -hmm. And since, you know, unlike some of our authors, the author of this book is alive, (laughs) And as of time of recording, as of time of recording, is alive. It's ominous. Sorry, and (laughs) is also a really good guy, and was willing to take some time out of his schedule to talk with us. We are so thrilled to welcome to the Lutean Ladies Lounge podcast our friend Flame. Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. (laughs) I was trying my best not to laugh.
1: Well, now you can don't have to try anymore. Just go for it.
2: No, I'm so glad to be with you all. Thank you for having me. Seriously. (laughs) This is going to be fun. I can tell already.
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) So we recently wrapped our online book club discussion. We had 99 women show up Wow. Mm -hmm. to talk about this book together all week and had some really amazing, amazing responses to the discussion questions we posted questions from everything had you ever heard of flame before to what parts of the book really sang for you that was a great question my son came up with that one (laughs) and of course what questions should we ask flame when we have him in studio so we'll get to those reader questions in a little bit we've got some wonderful wonderful suggestions from i said reader again didn't i
3: yeah, Let's we'll get get to you know, because understand. this is a book club, Rachel. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll- I can say it.
1: it. It's OK. Yeah, it's fine. We'll all do. right. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> l- <laughs> questions from our reader listeners, which we'll be pulling out of our back pocket in a little while here. But first, I wanted to just take the opportunity to ask some general questions about the book, because we don't get to do that very often. So, no. Blime, why did you write this book? And. What are your goals for it?
2: Yes. Oh, my goodness. So I think one of the reasons I wrote the book was I was trying to put in the book things I would have liked to read or have read during certain low points in my Christian walk. So I was kind of thinking of it in that way. Like, man, if I imagine myself in those same spaces that I was in along the way, what would have been helpful? What would have really been sort of like the breadcrumbs leading me? in the right direction. So that was one motivation. Um, The other was I wanted to tell and talk about Lutheran thought, but in a personal way. So some transparency, um, just helping people understand the lived experience, because oftentimes in my music, you'll get like the super teachy didactic breakdown, but you don't get like those personal stories. So I want to give that part too, for the people that just enjoy the music. So I think overall... Yeah, it felt it, it was kind of therapeutic in a sense, just to sort of unleash all those thoughts in that controlled way in writing.
0: Yeah, and I know a lot of the ladies that responded to questions really resonated with that. They were like, mm-hmm. "This has also been my journey of not growing mm-hmm. up Lutheran. I came through a Calvinist church at one point in my life, and it's been really helpful to." read flame's words because those words are now helping me describe my own journey. So I know that that way of writing this in a very personal way was really helpful for at least some of the readers in the lounge too to be able to put those words to their own story.
2: Yeah, I love that. And sometimes that's that helps, you know, you may be going through something but you don't know how to think about it in certain terms. Yeah. And that can just add to the stress, the burden of a thing. Mm. But when you hear something that clarifies what you're struggling with, it's like, yes, now you can kind of wrap your mind around it, sort of a plan of attack to work through things. So now that's encouraging to hear, back, to hear back for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so for those who did not have the benefit of joining us for the book club, who haven't read the book yet, would you be willing to give us just the book in a nutshell? I know we talked about it in the lounge as like an autobiography, but not like a typical autobiography, like a theological autobiography. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if you would share with us, just in a few words, what is the book about?
2: Yes. So firstly, the title, Extranos, is just a Latin phrase that means outside of us. I remember when I first heard the term, it was so liberating because as a person that regularly thinks deeply about ideas, sort of in my head a lot, um, this idea that God calls us to not look so deep within, but to look outward to what Jesus has accomplished. It just struck me. And it was sort of healing just to hear those words. So in this book, the book is about looking to Christ from beginning, middle to end for salvation. That's the point. So the contrast is trying to find security in your performance, your good affections or desires to do good in the world, as opposed to that where you'll mostly find contradiction, some disintegration, maybe some hypocrisy, as opposed to looking there for assurance, look to what Jesus has accomplished. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, that definitely came through loud and clear. And I love the way you sort of weave your personal story in with the theology that you have been exploring Pretty much throughout your entire adult life. You you are such a theology nerd and I just Man. love it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing.
2: <laughs> Man. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go
1: ahead. That's
2: really the way I see the world. I mean, like, for example, I'll pro- I'm probably more prone to be encouraged by something I read in the book of Concord as opposed to like a short meme with some positive words. Yeah. Now Some people that'll do it for them. They can see a, a positive quote and they're inspired and motivated throughout the rest of the day. For me, that would definitely fall flat. Like it wouldn't really.
0: I love that it, so much.
2: <laughs> it wouldn't mean any. I wouldn't know what to do with it. If, it. if I read a meme like hang in there, God is with you. Like, that wouldn't really encourage me <laughs> throughout the day.
3: Well,
1: you don't send flame <laughs> memes. Just like, yeah. give him another broken concord. That's what I mean. <laughs> if I could read something
2: dense, yes, then it's like, this is so practical. This is so helpful. I don't know why I'm wired like that.
1: Well, and is so, I think that's so inspiring to hear someone say that out loud. And someone, if I if I may say, someone who's actually really cool. So, because to young people who have the same sort of tendency like mm-hmm. i don't want the shallow superficial meme stuff i want the deep meaningful hard stuff mm-hmm. sometimes they feel ashamed of that yeah. yeah so to have a role model out there who can be like no that's not weird is good <laughs>
2: that's true
1: i i really as a mom i'm really grateful I love to hear anyone say it. that out loud.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it, seriously.
3: Flame, one of the questions that that I had that as I read the book, and you know, you got to the point where you were like, "I'm I'm going to go to seminary," <laughs> and I'm guessing you've had this question before. But tell me your your own thought process: why you didn't choose to go the route of becoming a pastor. Mm. Um you still got a master's right yeah, you got a so master's cool. in theology from like the premier institution <laughs> for like, they offered a <laughs> <was> master's <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> and you're like no no not that one um, what why? Uh, but why? what was yeah. why have you chosen not to pursue that I, I I ask mainly because also I I know there are other people that have have done that and I feel like sometimes there's a sense of know like defensiveness, like mm-hmm. what so i'm I'm just curious in in your case, yeah tell me tell me about that thought process. Yeah.
2: That is a good question, so it's it's probably layered. so one coming in from outside of the Lutheran space, moving into the pastorate is more of like an internal unction that you feel and um and so you know that's like a whole nother thing I would have to work through in terms of what does it mean to be called? inside of the mm-hmm. Lutheran construct. So there's some ignorance there in terms of what does that even mean or what does that even look like? Mm-hmm. So that's one component. But then the other thing too is maybe at some point I can perhaps see something like that happening as I further understand what that means. Mm-hmm. But I do think on a practical level, I enjoy sort of the fluidity of being in the artist space. So I get to mm-hmm. move around. I get the connect with people outside of one particular denomination. So like when people book me for concerts, I mean, the theological background is so vast. I'll be doing something with Roman Catholics one week, the next week Lutherans, and the next week, you know, Methodists, and so the spectrum is so broad. And what I like about that is I'm always, one, meeting good brothers and sisters in the faith, but then two, I get to have good conversation and talk about scripture and theology in a way that sort of feels freeing. And I get to expose Mm. people to good things that they may be missing in certain pockets. So I do like that flexibility. So to sort of centralize that energy to the local space, I would have to really count the cost and know like, all right, Mm. this is a good work too. It's just different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I well, to get there.
1: I, I appreciate, again, your example of showing that there's more value to a seminary education than simply getting that professional degree to, you know, have a position in a parish that everyone could benefit from seminary level theological training. Yeah. yeah Whatever you're sure. doing, yep. it can be a blessing to your work. And it sounds yeah. like it definitely has been for you.
2: It really has. And, you know, I I wish there was a way for more people to take the academic route. I mean, I know everybody may not have that opportunity or the space in their lives or maybe the financial backing. I don't know. But I found it to be so helpful just even on a lay level. Uh, One, I mean, I'm just for two years in this controlled environment. I can ask hard questions to people who thought about it for years and years, much longer than I have. You make new friends with people from all over the country and all over the world. So when you guys graduate and disperse, now you know somebody in all the continents and in the States. So it's it's a great time of just friends, fellowship, and learning. So I wish more people could do it, either formally or informally. Some type of training, I think, is helpful. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I love this makes me think of vocation. And I know you're a big nerd about vocation, which is awesome. Yeah, And I've been studying a lot and thinking a lot about vocation in, in my own master's courses right now. Rachel, this is the first book club book I've actually read twice (laughs) when I said I was going to actually did it this time. Oh wow. (laughs) I know. Well the first time I got to read the the pre-publication copy Mm -hmm. from Flame, which was awesome. But that was like that was a long time ago. So I I got to listen to the audio book that I was so excited about and it was awesome. But I, I was listening to it from a very different lens because of all of the thinking about vocation that I've been doing over the last few months. And Flame, when you're talking about, you know, discerning where God is calling you, like you could be a pastor. You're definitely smart enough to be a pastor. Like you have the theological prowess to do it. But like, where is God actually calling you to Mm -hmm. serve right now? And like my husband Luther was like, Flame is great with apologetics. Like he's apologetics. Like that's what he's doing Mm -hmm. in all of this. So I just, I want to hear a little bit more about what you love about the theology of vocation and how that interacts, how you talk to people across different denominations, because not everyone views vocation in the same way that we do.
2: No, such a great point. I think by and large, there is like this through line that I know list, notice in other, I guess, like the generic American spectrum among Christian thought. It's, it seems like vocation is wrapped up in something that's um, more monastic, Mm. or something that's, you have to step outside of the mainstream or the secular world and do something more spiritual, because those are the things that God values. You kind of get extra credit in God's mind. You get more cool points. (laughs) (laughs) So most people have the, you know, doing something for God sort of locked up in those cages, in those terms. And it's tricky because They're good Christians. Like they want to do something that's helpful. They want to be useful in the world. But then they feel like, okay, vertically, I have to do something for God. So let me, like I know one guy, he was, um, I mean, he was just, he excelled in sports, got all kinds of crazy scholarships, could have gone to the NFL, but he thought it was more spiritual to turn down the NFL offer to become a pastor. And as Mm -hmm. the years passed, he started to regret it. But he still didn't have helpful categories to think about it in. So he's now thinking, am I losing zeal for my faith? Am I doubting God? So he still didn't have those healthy terms to think about, you know, vocation in. He's like, man, I I took the pastorate position, hoping that it would be fulfilling. And in some ways it has been, but in other ways he feels regret and he can't really share that. So just in that kind of private conversation, you hear some of the angst. But when you think better about vocation in terms of, okay, God has given us many stations to exist in all at once. So you could be a mom at the same time as a teacher, a friend, the like. And in each one of those spaces, you can do good. You can contribute to the the world. You can help restrain evil in the world. And as you're doing that, according to Matthew 25, you're also serving Jesus. So as you're serving people, you're serving Jesus. So you don't have to worry about Well, let me stop baking cookies for, you know, this nursing home because I need to become a deaconess. Both things are good. Amen to being a deaconess. We need more deaconess. Yes, please. But if you just found some joy in doing good for your neighbors around you, that's also a good thing that God smiles at.
1: (laughs) And we, I think, as as women who, you know, acknowledge that we are not called to the pastoral ministry. I think we get to think about that in yet different ways still.
2: Well, can I hear more about that? That's such an interesting oh good vantage point.
1: Flames
0: asking more questions oh, now. asking like, the questions. No, it's it's great. <laughs> um,
1: well, I mean, it's I, I think every LCMS woman who lives in our modern world has to face the questions of, wait, your church won't let you be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Isn't that oppressive? Mm. And you know, especially you know for. Women with intelligence and leadership abilities and a deep love of the Lord, like the two ladies sitting across from me here.
2: <laughs> indeed.
1: indeed. <laughs> that becomes a pressing question of, well, can I serve the Lord as well as my brothers? Because this office, this wonderful jewel of an office is off limits to me. And I think it causes us to get really creative. That's probably why this podcast exists. Mm. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just wanting to use those gifts in service of the church in a different way. Yeah. So I, I appreciate you sort of also showing that example that you can be a musician yeah. and you don't have to be ordained to be out there using your gifts, serving the Lord, honoring your vocations. Yeah.
2: Ooh, so, well I love that. Great Ooh.
1: camaraderie there. Well, thank you for the question. I've, no, seriously. That was I'm honored to be a <laughs> <laughs> Seriously.
2: Man, I love that.
1: <laughs> so while we're on the topic of women,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> maybe we got a lot of women listeners. to ask this. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Tell me about the women in your life yes. that really have impacted your journey and mm-hmm. how they how they've helped make you who you are. Who are your Eunice and Lois's? Yeah, oh to use the biblical terms.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Man, I love the 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 Eunice and Lois question because, I mean, that's literally my experience. So my grandmother, Frances Jones, she's with the Lord. But man, I, I, I credit her with so much. One, I feel like she was my best friend. Like I've never met a better human being mm-hmm. than I have with my grandmother. So like, yeah, that was such a special relationship. And uh, I told this story somewhere. I think Sarah and I were talking, but... Yeah, I just adored her. Like it was probably borderline worship. Like it was like scary. (laughs) But I really adored my grandmother. I literally would catch the bus after school just to hang out with her and uh, do anything. I would cut the grass for her, clean the walls, clean under the table, help her cook, anything I could do just to be around her. Like I just loved her. And um, yeah, so even when I was a kid too, like listening to rap music, I would just listen to mainstream rap, mainstream hip hop. And it was just vile, debased lyrics. And she would always catch me sneaking around, listening to it. She'd be like, grandson, why are you listening to this ratchet music? Please stop. But she saw that, you know, it was this passion. So it just in her wisdom. She was like, OK, so if you really like rap music and you love hip hop, why don't you study a schoolwork, write songs about the content? Then you'll have the answers in your brain when you're at school and when you're taking tests. So I'm like, oh my god, that's genius! So that's I, feel that, I feel like in that moment, flame was born. You know, so just yeah, in her wisdom so to sort of, literally to parent me through that. That was crazy. Yeah.
3: So are you saying one of your first raps was like about like a science test or something?
2: <laughs> Geography. Oh, so many wow, I test raps. Constitution. <laughs> ra- are, all. Are, are, those-
3: uh, Are you
0: going to publish an EP for the like kids? <laughs> or just schoolwork stuff? Cause be, <laughs> because you that, like would, a,
2: be that would be interesting. A schoolhouse
1: rock for about Kids? I've never, thought about, that. Kids, I've
2: never thought about that.
1: Yes. Never. <laughs> so here's your next big thing. If you ever get bored.
2: Right. Although we
1: love what you're doing now. You don't need to stop
2: doing that. But. Literally. But that's what I would do. I mean, even like my um, permit test when I was about to get my license and stuff, mm-hmm. I did a rap song. So I'm literally at the DMV just saying the lyrics, like writing down what? all the answers. so easy. That's amazing. <laughs> so kudos to her, man. I mean, what? and then on top of that, she's right of
3: Right of
1: way. Please, seriously. <laughs> I love your grandma, too. I love
2: your grandma. So anyway, but no, she was a funny person. She always had great stories, always sharing like testimonies about what the Lord had done in her life. So I could talk about her forever. But anyway, so my grandmother and then my mom, too. So my mom, she was just um, a branch off the tree of my grandmother. I mean, she was just the most nurturing person, the most giving person. And I remember like. I never saw her get herself much, but she would always get me stuff. And I remember noticing that. I don't know how to like put it into words as a kid, but it just always stood out to me. I would pay attention to her put something back on a rack and then get me something, almost like she had to decide me or my kid, and she would pick me. So I remember always watching that. So yeah, my mom, I mean, they both loved the Lord, taught me scripture, taught me how to defend my faith. Cause I grew up in a hood where the nation of Islam was, you know, had such a strong presence. So they're like, as you're going to school and just doing life, you need to know what you believe and why you believe it and how to talk about it. So, yeah, they, they I mean, they disciple me, really.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. It sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> what an amazing gift to have those women in your life.
2: Oh, my goodness. Seriously. So yeah.
1: moms and grandmas out there, be like famous mom and grandma. and. <laughs> Don't worry yeah. if the kids keep snick- sneaking the rap music. <laughs> <laughs> right. Direct it in a good direction. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> those seeds, those seeds are planted. Mm-hmm. In being yes. Water, for sure.
0: Celebrating the gifts, even if you think it's an annoying thing, but maybe yes. it's actually something good. You just have yeah. to shift the
3: direction. Yes. Huh? Yes. Well,
1: well ladies, shall we get in, ladies and flame? <laughs> <laughs> shall we get into some of our? book club at reader listener questions oh boy okay all right i want to make sure we save time for for as many of these as we can get to all
2: right let's do it let's do it
1: okay first one and i've never actually asked thought to ask this myself but how did you were not born flame i was not how was how did too. you become how did you get the name flame where did yes. that come from
2: so basically, um, around 16 years old, I started taking my faith more seriously, just started reading through the Bible, and um, I got to the biblical person, Jeremiah, and I was just drawn to him. I mean, he had the responsibility of saying hard things that people didn't want to hear, got him into a lot of trouble. I remember he said to God, he said, I don't want to make mention of your name anymore. But then he says, but your word is like a fire shot up in my bones and uh so that just resonated with me I felt like that fit my personality to just say things that I feel like need to be said and uh that fire I can I sort of thought I understood what he meant so flame became the name
0: huh do you that's find me? not what I thought at all and that's
2: po-
1: why I've known you for what four years I've never yeah. thought to ask you that <laughs> that's awesome so a follow-up question really? to that is do you find that having a stage name mm. and using it so much? Yeah. Do you find that that gives you greater opportunity and courage to speak those hard truths?
2: That's a good question. That's an insightful Ooh. question. Like what <laughs> what is
1: the benefit of the flame name yeah. in giving you space to really speak truth?
2: Yeah. Why does act, man, that's, that's a. Insightful question. I never thought about it on a psychological level. I think perhaps um, there is probably like a zone that you go into um, mm-hmm. that is flame. So I could I can see there is something empowering about it. I, I don't see it as hiding. I do see it as um, sort of superhero ish. Really? <laughs> Yes, Yes. it's kind of like that, you know, because I I am not entirely like the flame persona. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm an only child, so I'm oftentimes in my head in a very content way. But yeah, but when I'm sort of in that flame bag, I can really enjoy the room, um, you know, just sort of helping people have a great time. Yeah, it's just so it it is something freeing about thinking of myself as flame. So yeah, wow, I've never talked about that. I've never been asked that in all of my years.
1: Oh wow. Breaking <laughs> news. <laughs> well, Dream I I here. thought of this partly because my husband is a Navy chaplain and he's nice. worked with a lot of naval aviators who all have their call signs. Oh, mm-hmm. right. And so I thought of it in terms of that. My husband wow. actually has a, has been given a call sign. In the Navy you are given them. You don't okay. choose them. And so I I was curious about how having a having a call sign as an artist is freeing and i love that superhero image yeah that is your superhero name
0: (laughs) all of us as introverts can also relate to the whole like having to flip that performance switch Mm -hmm. and like be the person that that you need to be in order to do the art because i all three of us do that too (laughs) and experience that at the the wml thing this uh, this past summer of like you, you put on your Lutheran Ladies Lounge persona and, and do the podcast, do the work, Yeah. but then you like go home and
1: sit and don't talk <laughs> Yeah, to yeah. there will be fuzzy slippers happening after this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
2: Seriously. And people have to understand, like, we're genuinely enjoying those moments. Like, we're oh, not, yeah, yeah. We're not yeah, saving. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's just, it just has a cutoff point. It's like, all right, I'm feeling it.
0: <laughs> Social battery hits zero and then yes, you just
2: yes. go
1: walk away yeah. and to talk to people. Yeah, exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
1: okay. Sarah, would you like to ask listener question number two? Because this is like, I, did you put this one on the list? I did not. Somebody you did not.
0: All right. You've got a sister out there who's. Got I know. Oh, yes. All right. You're getting the hashtag hymn nerd question. <laughs> Lame. The, the ladies want to know you can put a lot of hymnody into your word and water. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. They want to know if you have a favorite hymn. Do you mm. have.
3: No, we want to know what your favorite hymn is.
1: What is your favorite <laughs> hymn,
3: James?
2: Specifically, <laughs> specifically <laughs> I, I think I'm going. I'm gonna call it. It's the first hymn off of the EP "Word and Water," which is "God's Own Child." I gladly say it. Yes,
1: so, beautiful. That's yeah, a good I mean, one.
3: So solid.
2: No, shout out to you, Sarah. I literally have heard it in so many different versions. I just so I listened to a bunch of hymns after that, and just going through the hymn. I've I've been at concerts where like g- great Lutheran. Friends will come up and recommend a bunch of hymns. So I'm 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 gaining a love for so many more, but I still feel like that's my favorite. And uh yeah, it just takes me there. <laughs> I'm so
1: glad you included it on the album. We had some, we had a few ladies who came in with I I really love Flame and his writing and his story. I'm not a huge fan of rap, but mm. man, he could sing. His God's own child was just beautiful. <laughs> no,
2: no, no, no. That is hilarious. I yeah. wish I could take credit for that. That was actually someone else doing a performance on that. Oh, no. A gentleman named Phil J. But in oh, the moment, it felt good just for, for you to say that that was me.
1: Do you, do you sing? Sorry, that was... Or, no, no. No, you just rap and you bring yeah. in other singers.
2: Yeah, my grandmother couldn't help me with that. She's like, yeah, you're not a singer, though. But
0: uh, <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't believe you. You can totally <laughs> sing. You sang in the audiobook.
2: Oh, yeah, did I?
0: Yes, you did.
2: No, I, I feel like you, I can hold a note. I feel like I can hold a note. <laughs> but I don't I know didn't... if you were pay to hear that note being held, though. <laughs> what?
1: It doesn't mean you can't sing. <laughs> well, but
3: it's like, you have like, he's already in the music business. And so he knows that his his love and gifting is... In a different aspect of that, sure? and therefore, it's yeah. like when you learn another language, you're like, "Oh, I'm not fluent." oh no. <laughs> no, you, you, you're great. That's it's part. sort of like the I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> yes. Pianists yes.
1: often get asked, "Will you yeah. play the organ?" And you just uh, got to say, yeah. "I'm a pianist, not an organist." They both have mm-hmm. keys, wow. but I they're not not the, not the same. same. Yeah. Yeah. So, I yes, just did
2: the same thing to an organist. <laughs> 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 Literally, just recently. <laughs> no. He's like, I mean, I can if I force myself, but that's not my thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. But now you're like, oh, I understand. It's like, like, I get it. Yeah. yeah. You, exactly. Do your strengths. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Okay. It. There
1: was a great question. I'm trying to find it.
2: Okay. These are good so it's far. It's not
1: on the. Oh, yeah. 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 Number six. Oh, I loved this question. Mm -hmm. So we've got a lot of women in our audience who come from mixed denomination families. Mm -hmm. And maybe some of them have had to change to become Lutheran as to follow their theological convictions. Mm -hmm. So this question is this. How has changing denominations changed his family relationships? Mm -hmm. And what advice does he have for mixed denom families?
2: That is a tricky experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, And it's tricky because, like most people, have their theological tradition not only tied up in the theology itself, but it's intertwined with the people that Mm. you've developed friendships and relationships with Mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, there could be um, a sense of loyalty not only to the scriptures and theology but also to the people that either trained you or handed that version of Christianity over to you. So it's, it's just more personal. So it could be it could be a, a time of tension in the room and in the family because of that. But I think the most helpful thing that I've seen is trying to show people that this is centered around the word of God. Yeah. And these divisions and discussions have been going on for 2000 years in terms of what the faith is. How do we understand it in light of X, Y and Z? So if, I, if we can help people understand we're prioritizing the scriptures and that leads me to certain convictions, which calls me to practically maybe be in a different building than you or something like that or hang out in a different circle most people will respect that and give you the space to differ and um you know and then sort of keeping those short accounts not being crazy about it but maybe taking opportunities to bring up certain topics or you know asking the person can you show them what you're seeing or learning and how you're getting to the conclusions that you've arrived at like those moments will arise and honestly i've seen more people have an open heart because of the the nature of kindness and patience involved that sort of warms and softens the heart. And over time, I mean, I found even people that, you know, in my family who would have never like myself thought in a million years about Lutheran thought, but it's like, okay, we, we care about flame. We know he's going after God's word. So maybe we'll see what he's talking about, see if he's crazy or not. And uh, you know, over time, Yeah. I mean, I have family members now that are hitting me up like, well, what about this? What about that? What about that? And uh, so it's been very helpful, honestly. But it could be a season of tension that maybe God is doing something in the middle of that also. So, yeah, no cookie cutter answers. It could be hard.
3: (laughs) I wonder also, I noticed in your book, you talked about how there were people, not necessarily family members, but people who like heard heard about your your, your, the changes that you were considering and then embracing. And, and then they were like, oh, this is, this is a problem. We are worried about this. And, <laughs> and you took, you intentionally took the attitude of, yes, they're doing that, but it's misguided or not. They are, they're doing it because they care about me. <laughs> and they are, yeah. and you're concerned yeah. that I am now somehow at risk in some way. And so you, you sort of chose to have an attitude of, I'm not going to take offense on this. It's coming from a point of care. So I'm going to respond yeah. in a similar way. Yeah, uh, so I appreciated that no, attitude sure. a lot as well.
2: No, thank you for saying that too. I mean, I remember when I was first learning how to drive, my grandmother used to always say, you have to drive for other people. Mm -hmm. and so what she meant by that was sometimes you have to not only pay attention to what you're doing but to what they're doing understand what they're doing and act accordingly so i kind of use that principle you know in this space as well yeah i just have to remember all right i mean these they just haven't had the journey or the experience that i have they haven't read the books they haven't had the internal angst so they're not asking the same questions and um so I just have to know that about them and give them that space to be confused and perplexed. But sometimes it does hurt, too. Like, I remember a lot of people thought that I left Christianity, that I was an apostate. I was no longer a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these, I mean, so there's that extreme as well, where it just doesn't go well at all. And these people may be close to you. And there's nothing you can say. I mean, they yeah. have their conclusions. Most people have been taught one thing about Roman Catholicism. And they feel like Lutheran thought is like diet Rome or (laughs) Rome light. (laughs) And uh, they just have a dead, they turn a dead ear to what you're saying. So that, that does hurt. But after you sort of shake it off, hopefully over time, they'll see, okay, well, he still is centered around this Jesus person. Maybe there's something Christian about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: As Do you important. have any advice you would give? Because we're in a situation right now where there are not a lot of Lutherans in our part of the country, in New England. Mm. There are a lot of Baptists. So we have a lot of Baptist friends. So my kids often find themselves in the theological minority. And I know that's the case for a lot of kids in the country that, okay, well, my church has like three kids in the youth group. So I'm going down the street, this other church where there's like more kids who at least know who Jesus is. Yeah. Mm. But how do I represent my faith without compromising, but also like not turning every conversation into a theological battle? How do you walk that line? Because I know you're in a sort of similar situation in a lot of your relationships.
2: <laughs> I, sometimes I admit I may not do as well. I do want to have that conversation, but uh, on a good day, <laughs> on a good day, I do think. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard, honestly. Like, I am starting to you know, really know what that's like. But um, so in one sense, there's solace in having friends in a Lutheran space where you could just sort of be yourself and you could talk about the sacraments and you could sort of celebrate those things mm-hmm. with someone that gets it. But then when you're outside that space, like you said, you're trying to find that common ground and celebrate that, you know, in a world that's sort of over Christianity that feels like, The Christian narrative, we tried it and it doesn't work. We're sort of on to uh, some other narrative now. In a world where that's becoming more prevalent, you do celebrate, well, at least this person is a Christian. And there's something good about that, I think, that is God honoring and serves neighbor. Um, But then you never turn it off, though. You are hoping that you could talk about scripture one day. And that's why I found church history to be helpful, Mm. because when I can Expose people to these are not new ideas Mm -hmm. or novel ones. In fact, you're on the opposite side of history and probably the least amount of Christians think the way you do about the sacraments and things of that sort. So sort of bringing them into the width, the breadth of this entire Christian narrative, I think is helpful for people to see you have a kind of new idea that's probably a little over 400 years old. And uh, people maybe never thought about that, you know, So that's a helpful yeah. talking point. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. How much have you had to be a student of people in order to be able to connect with people like this? Because I know you have some background in counseling, yes. education. Mm-hmm. So because like, yeah. like as you're talking and, and just from our interactions, too, and seeing you interact with a lot of other people, like you can be a brilliant theologian and have no ability to connect with people the way that that you're able to because you're willing to have that patience with people and learn their stories and and have so much patience online with people when they're just like yeah, I know what you're talking about, flame. <laughs> but like how much have you had to actually intentionally learn to be with people and and learn about people and how people will interact in order to be able to have these conversations?
2: Yes. Oh my goodness. I mean, it it is almost the thing, you know, I think about um people just in the regular course of their day may not be thinking deeply about their faith. So there's like a small windows that, you know, a person may really get into some of the hard questions. Maybe might be a crisis moment. Um, maybe they saw something on YouTube that sort of made them panic and you know, they wanted to talk deeper about something. So it's like a, sometimes it's a small window where you can get in there, but yeah, just the personality of people were are very busy, um, and, you know, people have lives and they thought about these things in their teens and 20s. So now they're into their career path and building families and they feel like we've already worked through what we believe and why we believe it. I'm just trying to stay sane and smile a little bit. <laughs> you know? You've know, so just described
1: like... my life. Thank you.
3: See, you might not like memes, but that's a meme right there. <laughs>
2: seriously i mean that's kind of where we live so you know you're trying to find those moments where it's like all right how can i make this leap from mundane things to you know uh weighty things and yeah you have to keep that sort of that movement within the human personality in mind and just stay sensitive to that and uh and most people don't you know we don't as people always talk as well as we think. So they may not know how to say what they mean, what they've learned. So you just kind of trying to keep all that in mind as best you can through God's grace. And sometimes you might not do as well. Other times you'll do better. That's fine too. But yeah, just knowing that ultimately we're planting these seeds, watering these seeds and God will make the increase. You know, we just sort of be a post in in a building. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's so true though, man.
1: Okay, <laughs> I think we probably should ha- wrap up with one more reader question that is one that is burning on my brain as well. Let's do it. Let's do it. What's next? Mm. Is he working on a new album? Mm.
2: Oh, my goodness. What is? It's so many things that are that are pending. Or a PhD. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> An ah. album or a PhD. Ah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that is on my radar. I'm trying to figure out my schedule.
1: Yes. Oh.
2: Yeah, there's so much more learning to do. I do want to tighten up in certain areas in the academic space. So I'm trying to figure that out. So that's one thing. The other thing is I got a project coming on Luther's Small Catechism. That should be releasing sometime at the end of this month. I have another project that will be releasing next month, which is sort of helping people understand how Christianity made its way to the Americas, the colonies, Mm -hmm. and, and thinking through what that means for us and why we are the type of Christians we are. So that's coming next month. Um, I got a conference that'll be had uh, 2024, March the 2nd. Extra Nose Fest will be November the 11th this year. So all things Extra Nose Academy trying to build on top of the music with other things. That's right, because
1: you have a podcast too, as my son reminds me regularly. And his <laughs> sisters tell me, no, we want to listen to music, not podcasts. Just, and he says what's wrong with flame? And then the Backseat erupts in
2: yelling, <laughs> and <laughs> tell us it. about your podcast. Yes, Action Academy. So that's one of the things you know underneath the banner. Action Academy is the podcast, self-titled. But um, yeah, it's just a time. It's kind of like a book club, actually. So I'm I mostly just hey. listen to one of my songs. I'll read through a book, talk about it, give some commentary, and then take it out. But it's just, it's been really cool to see it grow over the years, and uh, I think people see it as another one of those safe spaces to hear the ideas outside of the music at a slower pace Mm -hmm. because the rap tempo can be a bit, you know, hard to grasp. If you're not a rap listener, it's like the gift of tongues. Some people say
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I, you know, love your music. I've listened to, you know, your albums Uh many times over. (laughs) And I was surprised when I read through some of the lyrics in the book. Yeah. That's what that said. <laughs> that, I was wrong. <laughs> like it was I, close. I was wrong. Too, so. <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs> so I'm glad that you take the time for interested yeah. listeners to actually like take it apart with you and line by line what's what's going on there. That's yes, a great yes. project.
2: <laughs> so, this is, so all that to say is a lot coming, but I'm having fun. I love seeing people have fun through learning. So. Yeah, I guess the through line for me is kudos to Frances Jones. I, I'm doing what she planted in me and I'm still having uh, fun doing it. <laughs> uh, you need to make a tribute album. Ooh, All your I, stories. Uh, you know what? That's a, Could I do that? I feel like that would yes. be. I think I could do that. Yeah. I feel like it would be kind of hard, but kind of fun at the same time. I think it would feel really good. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's a great idea. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs>
3: Cannot wait.
0: Cannot wait. Yes. And then after that, I need you to do an album on the Church Fathers too, because that would be fun.
2: I won't, say gonna... much. I won't say much, but I think you'll be happy at some point. I, I, I test. <laughs> just a little sprinkle that in there. Just. Okay. You
1: know. <laughs> so in other words, we should. We should stay tuned that this stay is tuned. not this is not the end.
2: Oh, no, we're just getting started. Just getting
1: started. <laughs> do you think you've got more books in you at some point?
2: Yes. Yes. So again, I can't say much, but things are being written. All things right. Things are being written. And uh yeah. All <laughs> right. One fun. more
1: question then following up on that. <laughs> when do you sleep? that's a good question i want to know that that.
2: is funny it's i remember my dad for saying that the most make sure you get good sleep make sure you get good sleep so i do i actually do get probably about a good eight hours of sleep every day okay some kind of way i do like yeah some some days it's kind of sad i might wake up like midday but uh (laughs) but i get eight hours of sleep though
1: no shame (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Good oh role my- model in sleep and in artistic output and also in getting your eight hours of sleep. Me yes. Too. Hey, that's, that's like super important, actually.
2: Yeah, it is. It <laughs> Big is.
0: fan of getting enough sleep.
2: Yes. Now, I may, you know, don't miss work or school. I may have a little more flexibility in my schedule, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry to interrupt
3: today. Got eight hours of sleep, though.
2: You got eight hours of
3: sleep, though. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: trying to explain that to the light bill company. <laughs> I need my illumination back because I'm well rested.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness!
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, okay.
1: where can we find all
0: your stuff where where all of the, all of the things all that the you're things. doing. Yeah, yes.
2: extranoseacademy.com. That is the hub for everything. So you can go there. The music is there. The merchandise. The podcasts. All those things are there, and I'm all over social media too. I try to be responsive when I can. So at Flame Three One Four everywhere, sure. and uh, yeah, so tap in.
1: All right, thank yep. you so much. This was such a treat. This is more fun than I've had during a book club <laughs> episode ever. I'm pretty sure. I love it.
2: I love it. So, so I'm <laughs>
1: I'm so grateful you took the time to yes. to call in and talk with us. For and- sure.
2: No, thank you all so much. I'm 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 honored that you chose the book. And the response is encouraging, you know, you just yeah, I mean, first book. So I don't know what to expect. So, yeah, this is very encouraging. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is yes. wonderful.
1: Oh, I have to tell you one more little story. And this did okay. get shared in the book. Give it to club. me. I'm here. And that is when my when my copy arrived, yeah. I had to wait in line to read it
2: because
1: my son, he was like, OK, I'll see you later. Wow. and about two days later it was my turn so
2: <laughs> wow fast I, reader oh my goodness
1: I am very very grateful for you it's the first time we've ever had a book club book that we really I, I've shared several with my daughters but first time mm-hmm. I've shared one with my son nice. so well, nice. that was that's a really special milestone. thing so thank that. you
2: that's good to hear no seriously <laughs> thank <awesome>. you <laughs> I like that for sure. Man, this was so fun. My face is hurting. <laughs> smiling and laughing. <laughs> but it was almost so worth it. <laughs> we are
0: not like other podcasts. We will laugh half the time. <laughs>
2: That's <was> perfect.
0: <laughs> Flame, it has been awesome having you on and we'll, of course, be talking with you online on social at flame314, com. We will link all of that in the show notes for this episode.
2: Yes. Thanks much. Thank you.
1: Flame has left the building, but that was, that was very fun. It was so fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sarah, for setting it up. And apologies for not following our usual book club recap format. But I think in this case. I don't case, think anyone's mad. No, yeah. I'm not mad. I'm, I'm glad. Not mad. <laughs> no. no. However, there was one part of our book club recap formula that we cannot skip. And that is the announcement of a new book. Yes. And oftentimes we float ideas and we vote. But we did some pre-voting on this one because there was a book earlier this year that Aaron expressed regret that we had not chosen. So if
0: you hate this book, you can blame
3: Aaron.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's unfair. (laughs) You can blame me. Yeah. Yeah, Never blame Aaron.
3: (laughs) It's going to be great.
1: Okay. So Love this it. comes way back from our let's read more about the books that formed C.S. Lewis conversation. Yeah. And this book, of course, was more than just a Lewis favorite book. And the reason I'm pulling it out now. Well, what's the book and why. Mm. So we're circling back around. We're going to do something completely different. Blaine's <laughs> book is brand new. This book is very old. Flame's book is prose. This book is poetry. This is Mm -hmm. the first poetry, right? Yeah. 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 Totally different. And this will probably be in the new year. I think we'll be doing this next book club in January. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? So this book was very formative in C.S. Lewis's life, and it should prove interesting for discussion. It is George Herbert's The Temple. Okay. So- George Herbert, like our own beloved Stephen Starkey, occupies the space of Mm. the pastor poet. Mm. Yes. He was born in 1593 and lived until 1633, which is a pretty momentous era in English history. Yeah. Glorious revolution time, etc. Yeah. And he's noted for his metaphysical and devotional lyrics. But he writes very deeply spiritual poetry. And also, one of the finest, I don't know a lot of George George Herbert. I want to read more. But one of my favorite poems of all time as a pastor's wife is his poem, The Collar." Oh. Which is basically on the life of a pastor. It starts, I struck the board and cried, no more, I will abroad. What, shall I ever sigh and pine? My lines and life are free. Free as the road. Loose as the wind, as large as store. Shall I still be in suit? Now, of course, suit there is referring to his pastor's garment. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have thought at frustrating times in, you know, my husband's past ministry. I struck the board and cried no more. I will have Uh-huh. And so this this poet who knows deeply what it is both to be a Christian and to be a Christian pastor, mm-hmm. I think, has some interesting things to share with us. There's another reason I want to read this book right now, mm-hmm. and that is because my alma mater, Concordia University, Ann Arbor, and its co-campus, Concordia University, Wisconsin, just inaugurated a new president. Mm hmm eric ankerberg dr eric ankerberg who is actually one of my former english professors yeah and many people don't know this but i do because i was his student assistant back in the day before he had finished writing it is that he wrote a doctoral dissertation on george herbert oh, oh, my. oh and so i'm thinking to myself maybe maybe if we were okay with having flame visit. Maybe <laughs> Dr. Ankerberg would be able to come at some point and nerd out with us I'm about intriguing. George Herbert. I think that would be super fun. I think so. And I think maybe I already asked him in passing. <laughs> <teaching, laughs> maybe you were like, there. You were there. Maybe he sounded really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, 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 you that happened. Actually, so I'm looking at the actual dissertation right here, Sarah. You are going to love this. Here's the <laughs> dissertation title Toward a Reformed Confession Johann Gerhardt's Sacred Meditation and Repining Restlessness in the Poetry of George Herbert. I love, love it already. <laughs> that's so amazing. So we, we get to read poetry, we get to, it's going to be good. It'll be, be, be different. Fun. Yeah. So, we're we're doing a lot
0: of different right now, though, and I'm really okay with that. It's kind of yeah. fun. I, I love like stretching. Switching. Yeah. I want to see if Mrs. Ankerberg would also be on with us. She oh. was my English teacher in eighth grade. Really? Oh, my. Wow.
3: It's a small world. Okay. okay. I have never been taught by either Ankerberg, <laughs> so you're not alone if you have not learned from them yet.
1: Yes. We can we'll have we'll all hungry. get a chance to learn from them. Exactly. Yes. Can I just read you the end of this poem, The Caller? Of course. So he ends the poetry this way. But as I raved and grew more fierce and wild at every word, methought I heard one calling child. And I replied, my lord. Aww. Gives you chills, doesn't it? Yeah. This is going to be good. It's going to be so good. I'm excited. Thank you for going with me on this one. I might yes. have just pulled it out of thin air. But this
3: will be great. I'm excited. This I will love be it. it's, a, it's a good change. It's good to push ourselves. It's new and different adventures. I love uh-huh. it.
1: Also, poetry goes really fast. Mm. So, I also feel like this
0: is a good winter read. Like, curl yeah, yeah. like and blanket and a cup of tea and, mm-hmm. like, read some good poetry. Mm-hmm.
1: Sounds exactly. Yeah. exactly. yeah. So, George Herbert's The Temple. Now, you can get a volume with just The Temple in it, but if you, like me... Like Good Value, you can get a more complete works of George Herbert. Price is not that different. And that way, if you like George Herbert, I will probably be reading from a larger volume that contains more than just this one slim volume. But either is fine. We will be discussing mostly the poems in The Temple, though, because that's our focus this time.
0: For ladies who find poetry maybe intimidating, how long of a book
1: are we talking about here? Oh, Oh, goodness. Let's see this edition that has just the temple in it, it. says 248 pages, but I can't believe that actually. I mean, because that's not that long though. I mean,
0: Flames book was about that long too. So, it's it's a reasonable size. Let's put well, it that and, way. It's and not and like you- some epic poem that's like 500 pages.
1: No, and you aren't exactly going wall-to-wall, margin-to-margin. Right. Mm. Poems are very airy. Yes.
0: My point is that this is manageable even if you're like, eh, I don't know about this. You can do this. It's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. It's just like and reading the hymnal. No big deal. <laughs> right.
1: Yes. And if you find yourself, you get in and you're like, oh, I can't even make sense of this, listen to the podcast okay. episode anyway because mm-hmm. you may be inspired once you hear someone talk through it who actually speaks the language of George Herbert. Yeah. Then. Oh, mm-hmm. now I can now I can tackle it. So don't don't lose heart. Yeah, I have no idea what this journey is going to be like. It's different. It's exciting. It's poetic. Oh, hey, we, we went from yeah. rapping poetry
0: to it, George right. Herbert. Actually, poetry. Like there's this, a through line. This makes is. sense. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, it makes sense. Awesome. All right. So we're doing George Herbert's The Temple for our next book club and maybe we'll have Dr. Ankerberg on with us for the wrap up because that would be super fun. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) Ladies, you can find all of our podcast episodes, including all of our previous book club wrap ups at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge on your favorite podcasting app, on your KFUO radio app. You can also find all of these episodes and all of our conversations in our Facebook group, the Lutheran Ladies Lounge on Facebook. And we also post book club wrap-up episode questions on our Instagram page the week after the the week after the episode airs. So even if you're not on Facebook and you want to answer some of these questions, you, now now is the time. Now that this podcast has dropped, you can go to our Instagram page and answer the questions there as well. You can sign up for our month you can sign up for our e-newsletter in <laughs> what used to be our monthly e-newsletter. <laughs> it's now a couple of times a year. Seasonal. Seasonal.
1: Seasonal news
0: in the show notes for this that that's staying in the episode. I can't cut that out now. It's <laughs> in the show notes for this for this episode or you can just send us an email lutheranladies at kfuo.org if you have a book club suggestion that you want rachel to consider for our next book club you can email (laughs) (laughs) we've got plenty of books but you never know maybe Mm -hmm. maybe something interested in will be something that she wants to talk about too so Mm -hmm. send us an email lutheranladies at kfuo.org you're listening to the lutheran ladies lounge podcast i'm sarah i'm erin and i'm rachel Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies' Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us too. If you love the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast, consider financially supporting our producer, KFUO Radio, so we can keep doing what we do. Find out how at KFUO.org slash give.
2: Aaron, did you have something? Like, my cheeks are hurting because I'm smiling so much. Well, so I'm what? trying to like not no. smile.
0: We regularly talk about our abs hurting from laughing. So, yes, right on par. <laughs>